0: slippery places and psalm 73 talks about this a little bit and so of course since we're having sleet and freezing rain and things here today and we can't have um church live because of the treacherousness of it all then um we're just going to do this little devotional part here online um so there are times in life when you're trying to do your best, you're um, working hard at things, and you look around you and yeah, you know, things aren't going so well. Why aren't you know, things working out better for me? And then you look at other people who don't seem to really be trying to do the right thing necessarily. They seem that things just go easy for them, um, and so it's easy to get into envy, resentment, a victimhood mentality, um, anger. And so it's obviously not good, one, to judge your particular providence, we call it, your particular life situation. You're trying to do the right thing and not the best results are occurring. So you have to kind of reevaluate and make sure what you're doing is the right thing and the best thing. And this is where it's good to have friends and counselors who can come alongside you and, and, um, you know give you advice and wisdom in these things. you have to be in the word um, you know going to church, you know all of these things are very helpful with this, but it's also not good to compare yourself with other people, so um you never know what why things are happening the way they are in your life. You may, sometimes you may know. It may be a direct result of your sin. It can be a direct result of your foolishness. But sometimes it can just be the way things are working out and God has a plan for all these things. But what you have to be very careful about is anger and resentment um, with this. So we're going to look at Psalm 73 because there are many people in the Bible who struggle with very similar similar things and the Holy Spirit has addressed it. I just want to look at a couple of notes that I made here. Um, um, we're talking about um, contentment with our own situation within the providence of God. We should strive for self-improvement and seeking ways that we can better our world, um, but comparing ourselves to others can lead be a trap of pride, discouragement, resentment, envy, victimhood, anger, and sometimes Christians just experience bitter providences. And so the solution, is and given to us in scripture, which is um, delight yourself in the Lord. So let's look at Psalm 73. And let me just, I'm just going to read the, read it and talk about it a minute. Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. So, okay. So watch, uh, parallelism is a thing you find in Hebrew poetry. That's what we are in Psalms. And so he'll say one line. And then the next line is, Saying the same thing but in a slightly different way so you can kind of use the two lines to interpret each other. So God is good to Israel to those who are pure in heart. So pure in heart. So there's no sin. That's obviously not what it's talking about. But for those who love the Lord, for those who are you know, in their best moments trying to um, follow what God says, to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, trusting in His grace and His mercy and His sovereignty, verse 2 but as for me my feet had almost stumbled my steps had nearly slipped so if you're around here today and you're trying to walk outside or to see people driving a car or if you're from up north where you're used to this or further south where you can't imagine this um, just watch weather channel and watch some people around here try to drive it will show you what it looks like to have your feet on slippery places. And I'm sure we all have experienced it personally. So why does feet almost slip? Verse three, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So, you know, envy is. So I wanted to be prosperous, but it's not happening. But I look around at these prosperous, prosperous people uh, and there's arrogance and they're prospering. And then he goes on and he gets into this little thing where he, he goes off on them a bit. They have no pangs of death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. Back then, fat was a good thing, but now I guess sleek is still a good thing. Um, They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongues stretch through the earth. Therefore, his people turn back to them and find no fault in them. And they say, How can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked always at ease they increase riches all in vain have i kept my heart clean and washed my hands in ignorance and in innocence sorry for all the day long i have been stricken and rebuked every morning if i had said i will speak thus i would have betrayed the generation of your children so in other words yeah you know, he's in a bad spot he's in a bad place emotionally he's in spiritually he's just in a complaining mode and he's realizing that if i had said this stuff um I would have betrayed the generation of your children. It's not good. So then there's a little pause here. And in verse 16 he says, But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. So he doesn't even, you know, he's trying to figure out how to understand it, and it's just wearing him out. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, and then I discerned their end truly you have set truly you have set them in slippery places you have made them fall to ruin so you know obviously here's our slippery thing again so if you go back to verse 2 as for me my feet had almost stumbled my steps had nearly slipped like i was close to a fall myself because of what? Because, not because things are going bad for me, but because I was beginning to envy the arrogant. And so, but he says, I understand what's happening. I discern their end. In verse 18, you have set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors. Like a dream when one awakes, O Lord, when you arouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast towards you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you, and you hold my right hand. So that's what you want. You have a guide who's you know in slippery places. You need somebody that's. St- Steady and has, you know, sturdiness to be able to hold you while you're walking. So if you've ever seen people who are ice skating and somebody who's not good at it, and then somebody who is good, they go around with them and they hold them. And that's what he's saying. My feet have been in slippery places. I've almost slipped. But I haven't slipped because you're always with me and you hold me with your right hand. You guide me with your counsel. So he's also seeking the counsel of God in the midst of this. He's not running from God. He's not in this dark place. We can get there sometimes, but he's saying, I'm doing all this. I'm trying to figure it out. And I don't understand, God, why you're not helping me to prosper more. I don't understand, especially in a day today when people preach a lot of times that you will prosper. Uh, You will do better than the wicked. And then you look around, you're like, well, I'm not, uh, so what's wrong with my faith? And these people don't have any faith and they're doing better than me. It's like, because that's not that's not the way we're supposed to look at things we're guided by his counsel and afterward you receive me in glory so be very careful to not to judge the providence of god based on today because the ultimate outcome for us is in the afterlife after this life there are blessings here for today too but we have to remember that our days are numbered they're like a whisper and eternity is in eternity so you guide me with your counsel and afterward you will receive me to glory and it's opposed to these other people he's jealous of and you know it's just like it's a temporary thing um whom have i who have i in heaven but you And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. So he's got himself into the right place now. I don't have all this stuff. They have all this stuff. And he's like, you know what? There's nothing on earth I desire besides you. If I have you and no material goods and things, that's good. If I have all of the world but not God, then I'm in a terrible place. 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord guide my refuge, that I may, may tell of all your works. So your evangelistic message to the world can be hindered and hampered by um, your brutishness and your resentment towards other people, and that puts us in slippery places. And then um, Psalm 37, real quick, if you can go to Psalm 37, just looking at the first few verses here, fret not yourself, I don't know how many times we use that word too much now, but it's don't make yourself all upset and brutish and everything like the psalmist was we looked at, fret not yourself because of evildoers, be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. And it's herb, not herb. So you see the same theme. It's, you know, don't be envious of them. They are going to fade. Now here's you know, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. In other words, you want to um, to, to stay faithful. Then here's this verse. That's a, a good verse in Um, we're going to look at two more verses and they're both remind me of the little thing I've seen on coffee mugs which says I can do all things through a verse taken out of context so here it is delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart so you have to ask yourself well what are the the desires of my heart so there's a a song and in it there's a line that goes if you come to God for money God is not your God money is so if you You can insert that anywhere. So if I come to God for material prosperity, well guess what your God is. If I come to God for health, guess what your God is. If I come to God for anything but God, then that's what my God is. Because what are you supposed to be delighting yourself in, according to Psalm 37 four? the Lord? Yahweh. That's who you've delighted yourself in, loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Not your cars, not your prosperity, not your health, not your wealth, not your, you know, that my children all love me and treat me well or my husband or my wife are perfect and, you know, my church is not, is not problematic or anything. You know, it's like... Uh, you know, things should go well for me if I'm a good Christian. And when we say we don't believe that, and that we're not prosperity doctrine people, but it's hard not to be sometimes because you think when you're doing good sacrificially. And then bad things happen. And then people that you're sacrificing for that don't even care, that don't even like it. There's prosper or people that don't even care. So here's what he's saying, Be careful with that. Trust in the Lord, do good. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. If you're delighting yourself in the Lord, then what is what what's the delight of your heart? The Lord is. I mean, that's what you want. So somebody can there's a cursing or a blessing in prosperity. It it can be either, so you can't look at somebody and say, "Look, they've got a lot. God's blessing them." I mean, they could be getting a lot, and therefore they've forgotten God. So God's turning them over. To this you can have somebody else that doesn't have anything, and it's like, "Oh my goodness, what have they done wrong?" And it's like, maybe they haven't done anything wrong. Maybe God is taking them closer to to Himself because they don't have all these things and they need God, or they He can be turning them over to. But to um, poverty, and they look at their poverty and and, and their problems and they curse God. You know, it's just your response to your situation depends on what you love. So if you love things and things go wrong, then you're going to find yourself in that slippery place. But if you love the Lord and things go wrong, then as you struggle through it, you're also going to find what we just read in psalm 73 he's holding me with his right hand so that's where you have to truly be delighting yourself in the lord and and honestly we all don't do this from time to time and then um now i've written down psalm 30 let's see what that is don't oh, even remember psalm 35 through 9 i'm sure it will have something to do with this psalm 30 verses 5 through 9 Um, For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. But by your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid my face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will I tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing you have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness that my glory may sing your praise and be not silent oh my god i will give thanks to you forever so you see an example in psalm 30 where he's been pulled out of this problem by the lord and then he's praising god if he pulled himself out then he'd be praising himself um, so again we have to be careful of these things now here's Philippians chapter 4. We're coming to the end of this time. So, Philippians chapter 4. And this is where the, the line, uh, I can do all things through a verse taken out of the context, really comes in. So, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians chapter 4. Let me read verses 10 through 13. Philippians 4, 10 through 13. All right. Um, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. That now at length you have revived your concern for me. It's Apostle Paul, writing a letter to Philippians. Um, you were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not so, you know, he had needs and, and you guys helped, but, you know, so or they wanted to help, but they didn't have opportunities. And I'm not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned. Now, so that's good. So he's not even in need. Why? Because God gives him everything he needs. God uh, gives him, I um, think, Kevin, God um, has provided me with um, all the health, wealth, and prosperity that I could ever imagine. But that's what he says. I've learned that in whatever circumstance, I'm to be content. Contentment. That's what the psalmist in Psalm 73 was saying. I'm not content. There's all sorts of things going wrong. There's tons of things going wrong. And I'm looking around me, and I'm envying the arrogant i'm like a beast because i see all these other rich people things are going well and it's bothering me but paul has said as a psalmist learn, delight yourself in the lord so whatever situation whatever and that's a big huge word whatever whatever situation i'm to be content i know how to be brought low and i know how to abound there's you see you have to be able to be in both. You know, you don't want to be. I think somewhere oh, in the salt and Proverbs, it says, um, "Help me not to be so poor that I f- that I steal, and help me not to be so wealthy that I forget you." And so he's saying, "I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound." Because we all think, "Well, aboundings not trouble." And yes, yeah, so in any and every circumstance i have learned the secret to facing plenty and hunger so this is the secret this is it (laughs) how do you face it now how do you get rid of it now how do you never go hungry again now how do you always have plenty he's saying what's the secret to facing hunger and what's the secret to facing plenty both can be problems so if your gospel is offering you rescue from poverty to take you into riches your gospel need me to rescue you from riches and take you into poverty. There's anything that's uh, an idol to you that's getting in the way is your slippery place. So I've learned the secret to facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's what he's talking about. When I can do all things. It doesn't mean I can be the chairman of a big Corporation. I mean, possibly if that's your gifting. And, but I can face all these circumstances. I can face difficulties. I can face blessing. I can face all of these things as if they're blessings because with the Lord they are. But delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then I'm um, close with this. Um, well, two things. Ephesians 6, you have the armor of God, and that is one of them are the shoes. So, you know, if you're going outside, you need the right shoes. He <laughs> says, um, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace as shoes for your feet so that you can stand. So there is a certain amount. The gospel of peace helps you to stand in slippery places. And then Psalm 40, um, 94, ninety four eighteen says this. When I thought, my foot slips. Your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. And so you see that consistently in Scripture. So just you know, as you're if you're around here or somewhere and you're going around, you see all this slipperiness and all these things that are happening out there. Uh, remember, it's a parable for our life, and and we can easily slip based on situation in life and how we think what we believe that means that says about us and so we need to think of others as more important than ourselves don't use other people as gauges and guides for um, how well you're doing Instead, always keep your eyes on the Lord, trust in Him, um, stay in the Word, talk to other Christians, have people praying for you, we all get down, we all get discouraged. One of the ways that God's right hand holds us is through other believers that are filled with His Holy Spirit as well. So, stay safe out there, stay warm. Um, if I mean, we didn't have church today because of a. Um, it was dangerous to go. Now, if the world around here continues week after week after week like this. We'll find a way to do church. Okay. Today we're doing it like this. So we look forward to seeing everybody Sunday. And um, if you're people that are just on here that I don't ever really see, God bless you too. And um, let just pray that you can all know the Lord better. Amen.